watch Tim wishes you good luck and Godspeed. Space monkeys blasting off with Dr. Alessandro Palombo. With a PhD in administrative law and master's in global regulation of markets, he specializes in legal tech. He's the founder of Jure, a project that's looking to create a network state for the digital economy. Ale, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jay. I'm very glad to be here today with you. Yeah, it's a fascinating concept and seems like a very, very complicated uh, to bring legal framework onto the blockchain. I just want to kind of start broadly here. What would you say is the purpose of law and justice systems within national jurisdictions as they stand today? It's a large topic that is enrooted within societies. And and uh, I mean, in general, the scope of law or justice systems should be to ensure a peaceful and proper coexistence between individuals in a specific territory. And um, this is pretty much the need, I mean, the basic need uh, upon which uh, hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago, the the initial legal systems were created. So uh, in general, probably I would say enabling, you know, uh, civil and peaceful coexistence within societies. And maybe along the centuries, this concept evolved. And now probably we want to ensure also the happiness and the satisfaction of the citizens, right? So yeah. uh, the legal system is, is in general yeah, made for protecting the rights and somehow also imposing uh, some duties in order to ensure you know, that we can all live together in a positive way. And what happens to a society without a legal system? What happens in a lawless society, if you can even call it society still? If we want to simplify, uh, even the current, I mean, crypto industry, you can see uh, two complete opposite, I mean, possible futures for this industry. One one direction could could be uh, actually inspired by the principle of the total unregulation. So a sort of, you know, we can imagine this kind of future as a sort of wild west where there are no rules of, of sort. And yeah. somehow to a certain extent is like partialities today. Mm-hmm. And on the opposite on the opposite side of the spectrum, Jay, maybe there is the, you know, the, the 1984 Orwell vision of a, of a kind of uh, over uh, actually um, invasive statal authority in you know, affecting your life and over-regulating, for example. Right. So these are the, if we want to simplify, okay, to answer to your question, I think we, we can see these two extremes, which is, you know, from one side, a kind of, you know, an, 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 uh, let's say, a vision based on anarchy, a sort of Mad Max, if you want to visualize it this with, with a movie. Yeah. And on the other side, there is a <laughs> 1984, I mean, vision. Okay. What we believe, Ajur, is that, we need a middle ground. Mm. We need something in the middle between the two opposites. And um, in this middle ground, we see the emergence of private forms of legal systems yeah. and private forms of regulation in general. Mm. And uh, this is what we somehow are building. Because you asked me about, you know, what is a society without 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 legal systems? I in general, there is no society without law, right? Uh-huh. It would be societas civil law, so it be use. This is what, it, um, in the ancient Rome, it was said at least. So, uh, and somehow, I mean, I, I believe that it is partially true because if we don't agree on the, you know, I mean, if, even if we don't agree on a 
basis basic form of social contract i mean it's hard to imagine a coexistence but mm-hmm. th- this is what interests me and us a bit more which is you know how do we apply the, these concepts that are really abstract to the current let's say web3 uh, i mean industry and in the in how we want to concretely provide value in this in this vertical for the future of the of this industry and the society in general. You said there something about like private legal systems. Does this have anything to do with the network state jurisdiction? From an historical perspective, the, the concept of state, at least as we know it for today, it's relatively new. Um, and um, I mean, without going into too many details, it's it's one of the possible ways for organizing and, uh, for example, creating rules and creating also forms of justice or dispute resolution in case two people or two companies disagree it's not the only way for asking for a fee that currently is is named taxation from 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 the citizens or from the users of of this system so mm. um what i'm i'm i'm, I'm uh-huh. bringing on the table is is that the private legal systems is a is an interesting i mean topic that partially already exists you might have heard of arbitration arbitration is a uh, is a system for uh, solving disputes. Uh, the concept of arbitration is pretty, uh, I mean, ancient. In general, it's an alternative to the remedy of uh, the public, of the service provided by public courts. Mm-hmm. How does it work? Essentially, let's say that you and I, we will have us any kind of disputes regarding an agreement. We can agree, essentially, that our dispute is going to be solved or settled by a professional. And that professional is a private professional that is not appointed by any public authority. Okay. Which is the relevant part, Jay, on this. Yes. The relevant part is that the, 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 the arbitrator uh, will decide and will issue an award which, according to the legislation of around 168 countries in this precise moment where we speak, uh, according to those legislation, the decision will be legally binding. What does it mean? That today, the states already enable you with your private autonomy, because today already the state recognizes to you as a citizen a sphere of private autonomy. Today already tell you, hey, if you want, you don't have to use my services. (laughs) If you want, you can use the service provided by reputable, private, let's say, uh, wise decision makers. Yeah. Clearly, this is the simplified explanation. There are some constraints and blah, blah, blah. But in the last decades, at least, big companies already de facto leverage a kind of stateless system. Why? Because they create very, very long agreements, for example, for a transnational, um, I don't know, deal between two uh, Fortune 500 companies. They already create a kind of super long agreement. Mm. And they say, in case of dispute, we use arbitration. So... In that specific case, there is a seat of arbitration, for example, in Paris before the ICC, which is one of the most famous arbitration centers in the world. But but de facto, the enforcement is, is, you know, the decision rarely uh, requires the intervention of a local court. Very often, Mm. spontaneously, the losing party will, will actually adhere and execute the arbitration award. So today... Besides the concept of network state or for the digital economy or besides what we are building, there is already in doctrine something that is named and defined as Lex Mercatoria 
or new Lex Mercatoria, which is a merchant law, which is potentially stateless. Ah. So this is where everything, what we are building starts. And this is a bit the root of um, our vision. Yeah. And this is why we are so excited and we, are, we got on board uh, well-renowned, I mean, investors, advisors in, in the Web3 and not only space, including Tim Draper. And, and we will have a couple of more important announcements in the next few weeks. So what we are doing is creating an autonomous jurisdiction and, and, and somehow this can be seen to a certain extent as a kind of autonomous legal system. And, and why it's exciting and why it's needed, most, most importantly, because uh, if you look at the current state of the art, <laughs> it's, it's a, there is a kind of um, huge, let's say, chasm between the offline jurisdictions and the digital economy or Web3 in particular. You can see that in every minor detail. When you, for example, have, I don't know, wherever you are based. Toronto, Canada. Oh, yeah. I mean, Canada is, 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 is a, I mean, generally a place that favors innovation, but, but still, even in Canada, I know that the, the time for getting a judgment from a local court, it's pretty long. It's right. above two years, if I'm not wrong. I, I was talking with the Canadian lawyers a few months ago. Ah. And I'm just giving an example to you mm -hmm. because I, I'm just trying to provoke you. If you have a, an issue regarding an NFT, are you really going before a local court in Canada <laughs> to get the dispute solved? Not at no. all. No. <laughs> it won't work. And I could continue with many examples. I really love listening to you talk about this, but maybe we could give our audience just a little bit of history on the project. I saw that originally you launched this project on VeChain. So um, we launched in 2019 on VeChain, and at that time we, we focused in on blockchain-based arbitration yeah. and in general in a decentralized dispute resolution. So you can, you can consider that at that time the decision was made on the basis of, I mean, the willingness to stay very close to, well, we were focusing on enterprise adoption. Uh, Vision was at the time particularly oriented on, on um, enterprise adoption. Yeah. The ecosystem was, was somehow emerging and then and, and we joined. And we, we shipped actually a decentralized dispute resolution platform. Um, and we got on that platform also, I mean, we, we made a kind of record, but I mean, essentially we got two persons utilizing the platform for essentially through a smart legal contract for guaranteeing a sale of a car. It was a Land Rover Defender, by the way, for, <laughs> for worth 10,000 euro. Nice. And, 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 and they used actually a utility token for somehow guaranteeing the transaction. And in case something was wrong, okay. there would have been potentially a fully decentralized um, dispute resolution system mm -hmm. that will, 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 will stay in Jura as a kind of R&D uh, section. Mm. And after that, we built our arbitration platform, which is a legally binding, which is a proper arbitration procedure. So right. just to give you an idea, mm -hmm. when we talk about arbitration, we talk about a system for solving disputes that can eventually even be 100,000, 1 million or $5 million worth. And uh, when we talk about other systems, it's a different, you know, target market. Right. But the key of the arbitration, as you mentioned before, is that this is recognized in, I think you said, 163 countries. Well, 168 to be precise, uh, okay. but 
because the, the, there has been an international standard developed since uh, well mid 20th century yeah. and and uh, and then uh, the name is in the New York convention so uh, essentially many states at the time well a few states at that time met and uh, agreed into you know a kind of internet a standard right. of arbitration law yeah. and since then um, more and more countries actually joined these this kind of um, uh, well accepted to apply on a local level that standard mm -hmm. and currently well a similar standard essentially is applied in 168 jurisdictions right which which de facto creates it's like if this is a you know a kind of requirement for what we do because mm -hmm. in, in the end it's like if uh, this is a kind of offline version or offline legal infrastructure that enables Jure to rise as a digital jurisdiction. So you created this arbitration service on VeChain. No, how did you get over here to Polkadot? So in general, you know, bear markets are always tough. So yeah. um, as I often say, uh, I mean, we, we, we actually had the tough hard time uh, for for quite a long time. So we didn't, we were not in the also in the economic position to do what we needed to do or wanted to do for 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 a few for a bit of time mm -hmm. at the same time the you know vision ecosystem got uh, evolved into a direction that was uh, not ideal for for jure and mm -hmm. um we got in touch and exposed to Polkadot as an ecosystem and as a technology yeah. and uh, we decided to make uh, an upgrade it's it's a pivot but De facto, it's it's a true upgrade, and we decided to expand the project from dispute resolution and blockchain-based arbitration into something different and larger. Yeah, and we decided to expand it into the Web three governance area. Um, and this process actually somehow you know when you start this kind of you know design processes, you 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 there are a few elements that you need to sit down and consider. It's often you need to think in terms of, you know, first principle, uh, with the first principle approach, because, they, well, in these fields, the unknown are, are, are many. And, and then we, we actually came back to the original idea of Jure, which was exactly building a, an autonomous jurisdiction. Mm. This was the idea of day one. And we found in Polkadot the right technology and uh, interoperability, is, it's the key word that somehow uh, makes us extremely excited mm -hmm. and uh, at the same time from a strategic perspective we validated and we we've been working since a while at this point with several projects of the space you will see in the next few weeks also i mean some 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 communication on 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 on, on these yeah there is a need for for governance in general there is a big need in the ecosystem it's it's non um well there is a, there are a few gaps quite large to be filled and and uh, we saw an opportunity to create reciprocal value mm -hmm. we have been able to get the backing from skyten in ventures yep. with mark joining as advisor and uh, since then the things got extremely accelerated <laughs> and um, <laughs> i'm very happy of this uh, new direction the entire team is uh, extremely excited uh, we we our ship, I mean, we are iterating really fast, and uh, you will see also in this autumn quite consistent progress. I am proud to say I have applied, and it appears that I will receive some sort of 
NFT passport that you guys are minting on the Moonbeam yeah. <laughs> chain. What's going to happen with that passport? And is Moonbeam going to be home for Jer? Thanks for joining us in this first, let's say, pre-constitutional NFT passport. So, um, yes, yes, we are going to release this NFT passport very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so uh, we decided to use Moonbeam for, for now because it was the, you know, the easiest way we could use for, I mean, in the short term for creating this, this, this initiative. Let me tell you, this is just, you know, uh, this is not the full citizenship that will be available when the Jure network will be available. Okay. Um, this is an initiative for creating a first participation and sense of belonging within Jure. Yes. With your NFT passport, you will be able to visualize a passport and you will see in a, well, in, in a bit that you can visualize it and there will be, actually it will contain several pages. And the concept of this, this, this product is to enable you to collect stamps and stickers on these passports. So it will be, you know, this NFT is going to evolve with you so that your story, your the participation in the community of Jure will be somehow recorded. Mm-hmm. And uh, the spirit of this initiative is not economic. The spirit is to create a, a first sense of belonging between citizens, in this case, of this new digital jurisdiction and why not eventually digital country. Yeah. And as we grow, the same NFT passport will grow with you. Uh, this functionality of storing stickers and, 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 and stamps is it's just the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I'm really happy to, to tell you that uh, by Q4 of this year, we will release the Jure Network. Okay, so if anybody wants to become a citizen of this project, they can sign up right now for the NFT. I'll just put the link below there. It's really simple. You just add a Moonbeam address. People can become a citizen, and then you had this concept of limited liability identity. This will be connected also with uh, the citizenship in the final version of Jure, but there is a huge problem in general in, in crypto, which is nobody is really, you know, responsible or liable, especially in case of pseudonymous economy, in, which is a concept in which I strongly believe. Mm-hmm. Still, it, it, the problem of responsibility and trust is, is huge. For sure, reputation will play a role. Uh, absolutely, yes. But we have a complementary proposal eventually. In a, in a technical way, we want to enable you in one click to create the equivalent of a limited liability company, okay. probably with less than $1. And you can create as many limited liability identities you want, eventually in a pseudonymous way. So essentially, we want to enable you to stake a certain, let's say, collateral guarantee, which is a multi-purpose collateral guarantee, for example, 5,000 USDC, yeah. USDCs, and you can operate and, for example, contribute in a DAO, or you can be part of a metaverse. Right. And at that point, you, can, you, you are trustable, not because you are you, and we know your real name and your real address, uh-huh. and not because we can enforce a decision in Canada, in Toronto, but rather because you can use the jurisdiction of Jure and enforce the decision in one instant on chain on your capital trust. Mm-hmm. So this is the concept of the limited liability identity, which as we envision, 
should enable a huge experimentation in, in, in areas that today were not conceived. And, and I think it's, it's a concept that will, will evolve in different directions and all of them are quite interesting for ensuring a better ways of cooperating in, in a digital, let's say, space uh, at all the possible levels. So this is the, the concept of uh, LLI. Fascinating. Another concept I saw is the Jure working groups what we are going to do is to, to, to create environments where experts, mainly legal experts uh, or founders or digital entrepreneurs can meet and can agree on contractual standards. Today are legal contracts. Tomorrow, they will be Ricardian or smart legal contracts. So we are, you can see that the, the end point will be a sort of Wikipedia where instead of the pages, there will be standard contracts and you can use them for free. If you want, you can donate. In that case, the donation will probably go directly to the DAO members that will maintain that specific contract, contract standard. Yeah. We envision legislative periods of 12 months where the working group essentially approves and tomorrow the DAO approves and maintain the standard. And uh, just to give you an example, which is super you know, simple, I think we all hate NDAs. Uh, NDAs are, are you know, non-disclosure agreements are, well, they are not very useful in most of the cases, but you still need to read them. So um, why don't we create rather a single standard we all agree upon? And instead of having every single time they need to read the NDA, we can simply utilize the standard and sign it. This will be much simpler. Clearly, we, we don't want to state that we can standardize the entire set of legal agreements or, con or even economic relationships in the world. This is clearly not possible, right. but there is a good percentage of contracts that present high contractual similarity, which means that they are homogeneous between themselves. Sure. And there is a good portion of contracts that, you know, it's not of high value. And that's the sub-segment of economic relationships and contracts we want to standardize. We have the first working group starting next week. It will regard the NFT terms of sale agreement. Uh -huh. As you know, in the NFT space, nobody <laughs> utilizes the right legal template. And, and um, there is a lot of yeah, excitement and it's simply something needed. So we are, we are answering to a huge demand and, and need that today is uncovered because, again, the problem is not, you know, in paying the right lawyer and the right professional for assisting you. The problem is, is in the transaction cost of having every single time to negotiate, yes. read the agreement and, and so forth and so on. Yeah. So this is not just creating a legal contract plat contracting platform. This is more creating a platform or an infrastructure for creating the right consensus behind contractual balances for, I mean, the future way of managing economic relationships. Yeah, I can see uh, projects that are already trying to be compliant. I can see this saving them loads of time and effort and money. Loads of time. And then I can also see projects that are completely skirting compliance. Uh, more of them, <laughs> <laughs> more of them feeling comfortable coming on board, or maybe they lack the expertise or money to do it in the first place. Yeah, avoiding the headaches of the future. Also, from a user perspective, for example, the user that interacts with a specific project that, I don't know, is issuing the next uh, NFT collection, 
uh, you know, uh, it, it's, in, it's important also for the user and in general, let's say the, 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 the subject that we could consider the consumer to, to have a reliable legal infrastructure because, uh, you know, in general, the proper legal infrastructure creates a higher level of transparency. And with a higher level of transparency and awareness, everyone is more protected without slowing down progress. So that's the key message that, I mean, I, I personally, you know, relate the most. So we are not mm -hmm. trying to do, to, to bring more rules. No, no, we are trying to, to, to create the, infra the infrastructure for agreeing on simplified rules that can eventually create an improvement and even, you know, uh, to make our Web3 relationships smoother and more efficient. Keep an eye on, on Jure.io. Um, we will have soon a dedicated page on our site for this initiative. And uh, I mean, you will see a series of working groups starting off in the next weeks. Fascinating stuff. Just one more thing I'm curious about before we go here, resolving disputes. How are you going to manage? Yeah, 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 yeah. How are you going to manage this? What we are building is using our current products and specifically the Drew arbitration platform. But what we are building on Polkadot is a general and generic underlying protocol that will be able to host different service providers. So this is very important, and I want to to emphasize this this point, even if it's a bit technical. So our infrastructure will enable different, even types of providers that might include also offline public bodies to join the protocol and issue qualified decisions. And at the same time, it will also allow decentralized online dispute resolution systems to connect. So our vision is not going to provide a centralized you know, platform or uh, whatever solution that we as Jure will build. Our vision is to build a general protocol as Jure we have already the technology and the also, uh, I mean, the arbitrators for offering one of the alternatives. Our vision is to do, you know, experiment and support the initial cases with our own platform. But as the system grows, we expect multiple providers to join. Everyone will have his own characteristics and will be will be able to interface with our network in a in a trustable way which will be of course in line with the web3 principles of you know uh, i mean making sure that the interests of of and, and the quality of the service is respected um, and and uh, th this is exactly what we are going we are, what we're going to do in, in in more simple terms you will find endure every one day yeah. of course this this will take long time it's a long-term project this 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 site one day you will find on jure every type of dispute resolution solution going from mediation to conciliation to arbitration of i mean managed in different ways in the light paper you can find a preliminary explanation in the white paper version one you can read you will be able to read and i'm a more advanced version. And this has been a fascinating conversation. I've learned so, so much, and I really appreciate you coming up here to tell us. I, I've heard this guy, um, Gavin Wood, he's really interested in governance. Uh, have you spoken to him at all about this? <laughs> well, um, I mean, we, I mean, um, Jay, what, what, what can I say? I mean, uh, Gavin is for sure interested in the subject of governance, right? So I think, uh, you know, for sure, interesting conversations. I heard him mentioning a few times also the concept of 
digital nations. So I, I, well, what I can tell you is that I, I see a lot of potentiality for dialogue and maybe cooperation in the future with, with Gavin. And um, ultimately, you know, every blockchain or every parachain or even every, every DAO should be an autonomous state, right? I mean, if, uh, if an entity is truly autonomous and stateless, well, in the end, it, it's like if the autonomous entity, it is the state. Yeah. I mean, there must be a state, right? So, I mean, this is a kind of theoretical question, mm -hmm. but I, I'm just dropping this down en passant because I think, um, you know, th this is probably going to be one of the major, I think, topics for the next two, three years of the industry. And uh, this is why Jure exists, because I have a series of well-documented ideas and examples about the fact that it's very easy to talk about the decentralization, even in a technical way, uh -huh. but we all, everyone forget very often that as long as there is a foundation or a company in an existing offline jurisdiction, as long as the miners are subject to regulations or blah, 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 as long as offline states have specific regulations that rightfully and legitimately, I mean, try to protect at best their citizens. Mm. I think that there is a lot to do in this space. And, and uh, what we envision for day two of Jure is a kind of also potentially a jurisdiction that can offer some, some I mean, kind of regulatory, you know, um, perimeter uh, within which, you know, Web3 and the digital economy in general essentially can be regulated in a way which is more, you know, in line with, with, the, with us, with the people that today are in this industry, right? Absolutely. Alessandro, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. I hope we get to talk to you again soon. Best of luck with all the development over the next three quarters. Thanks a lot, Jay, for, I mean, hosting this interesting chat. I mean, I love your content and we'll be very glad to, to come back to, to on this channel for, for discussing fartly, I mean, the tour progress. And uh, I, I mean, a warm, warm regards to, to all the audience and uh, let's catch up soon.